return to your rest. It's important for all of us to note that New Testament Christianity is operating from the standpoint of rest. Operating from the standpoint of rest. What the law could not do to make people to be pleasing to God, Jesus came and did once and for all and finished the work. And we are to enter into the victory that he procured for us. Amen, somebody. Hebrews chapter 3, I read verse 18 and 19, and then we'll go to chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 4. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? Verse 19 says, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Chapter 4 and verse number 1, it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it, as in come short of that promise of entering into God's rest. So it's possible to come short of the promise. The Jews came short of the promise. Having been led out of captivity in Egypt, God gave a promise of a promised land that he was taking them. The people who left Egypt on the wings of signs and wonders, the people that God had to show on their behalf and dealt with the superpower of their days. Pharaoh at the, the, the kingdom of Egypt on their behalf. They saw miles of plagues. Pharaoh refused to let go until he lost his son and the firstborn of every, almost every creature. And then the Passover came. He said, if you put the blood on the lamppost, this evil will pass over you. And the Jews still celebrate Passover up to today. And after the Passover, Pharaoh released them. They passed through the Red Sea. They saw the mighty hand of God parting the sea for them. They walked through on the dry ground. And then Pharaoh and his army came and they were wiped out. They saw their enemies wiped out. They saw the mighty hand of God. But yet they stepped into the wilderness, which was supposed to be a journey of 40 days. It eventually took them 40 years because of bad attitude. Somebody say attitude. Yeah, because of a bad attitude. They refused to enter into the rest of God. The God who brought all the plagues in Egypt, the God who parted the Red Sea, is he not powerful enough to meet you at every point of need? Must you complain about your lot at every given point in time? God says, I hate murmuring. When you murmur, you demean the works of my hand. You're showing ingratitude. You're showing that you have not paid attention. And you have to pay attention to gain a heart of gratitude. Somebody may be listening to me this morning. This is the first day of July 2018. You're saying the first six months of this year. Oh, it's been hell and high water. And, you know, all kinds of things have happened to me. I don't even know. Uh, maybe I've offended somebody. Maybe, you know, a curse is at work in my life. Maybe this. Maybe that. God says, cut that trajectory. Come on this wavelength. And it's a wavelength of thanksgiving. It's a wavelength of I may not be where I want to be, but I'm happy about where I am on the way to where I'm going. The Bible says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. 
Godliness with contentment is great gain. Having the promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. And that is what brings us to that point where we can really celebrate. We can really give God praise in advance, even when we have not seen his hand. Even when we have not seen him move. So, verse 2 of, uh, I mean, verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 4, it says, therefore, since the promise remained of entering into his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Is anybody here today who has come short of the rest of God? Who is living in the murmuring and the complaining land, in the wilderness of murmuring and complaining? Have you come short of that promise? Verse 2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. We've had Accelerate Conference, great pronouncements, Great war that's come your way. I have said, get the messages. Listen to them. Watch the videos. Get the word of God into your system. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But the Bible says, let that word meet some faith in your heart. Meet some believing in your heart. Let it drag you to the place of active rest. Where you are resting based on the promises of God that he has given in his word. It says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as unto them, but the word that the head did not profit them. May the word of God profit you. I said, may the word of God bring fruit in your life. As we move into the second half of this year, we will see tangible proof that the word of God is dwelling in your life. I said, tangible proof that the word of God is dwelling in your heart. When the word of God is the anchor for our soul, the proof of it is rest, is peace, is patience. When the word of God becomes the anchor for your soul, the wind and the wave will not make you facilitate again. You will be anchored and solid, steady and steadfast. Verse 3 says, for, we, for who has believed, for we who have believed, do enter that rest, as he said. So I saw, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although, look at this, although the works were finished from the foundation of the earth. When John saw Jesus, you know what he said? He said, behold the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. He had not yet died. But John saw <laughs> what Jesus was meant for. It was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. The works were finished. You see, there's nothing you are going through now, that no problem you have now that God is thinking of how to solve. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, that so God and the angel now sat and I was saying, so we need a strategy session for this issue that this uh, brother is going through, you know. In Jamaica, Gabriel, come. We need to think through it. This one is big. <laughs> you know, some of us, when we are praying, that's how we think. You think that when you pray, when you pray hard, when you pray all night, you will now move God to sit down and call the cherubim and the seraphim. And call... <laughs> Call all the archangels to a meeting. I say, ah, we need to resolve this problem. Let's, let's, let's think of what to do. Our God is too big for that. The works were finished before the foundation of the earth. It's not thinking of how to solve your problem. The problem is already solved. Are you still with me this morning? <laughs> and that's why he's inviting us into his rest. Check the meaning of rest. Rest means to cease from work. 
or movement in order to relax and refresh oneself to regain energy. That's what rest means. Rest is so powerful for God, he instituted it in the code for Israel. We call it the Ten Commandments. That you work for six days, and on the seventh, you rest from all of your labors. It was such a huge thing in the Old Testament that if you work on Sabbath, you may lose your life for it. Are you still with me? Yeah? And everything that was written in the code, in the Ten Commandments, they were all written for the benefit of man. Because God knows this is how to live. And God modeled Sabbath to us. So, in the story of creation, Genesis um, from chapter 1 and chapter 2, you see in Genesis 2-2, the Bible says, on the seventh day, God rested from all of his works. But you know something? Before God rested from his work, on the sixth day, God created man. And then, the day ended. And the seventh day, God's day of rest, presupposes that God created man to enter into his rest. Are you still with me today? Yeah. That's God created us for his rest. The rest, ladies and gentlemen, is not passive rest. It's active. The same way the Bible described patience. In James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, James 1, 2 and 3, he said, uh, count it all joy, my, my, my brothers, when you fall into diverse temptations, when you fall into various trials. Verse 3 says, uh, uh, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Some people think that patience is a passive word. Patience is an active word. When God says, wait for me, be patient, you enter into your rest. Everything you are doing is from the standpoint of rest. Because patience is working something within you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, You are actively expectant, but yet not agitated. So everything you do, as you go into the second half of this year, you do from the standpoint of rest. When you are praying, don't pray from the standpoint of fear. Pray from the standpoint of rest. I was very disappointed because after he mentioned everything, he did not ask, let us pray and nullify all the works of the devil. And then I set you free to go out on all those days because we have prayed. That just messed it up for me. I believe in revelation. I believe in the prophetic. But I don't believe that the prophetic is supposed to bring fear into people's heart. It's supposed to stimulate faith in our heart. How powerful is the devil to sack you from going to your work on a particular day? And what are you going to tell your boss? That the prophet said I should not come to work because demons are having a, a party that day on the road. And Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority. Over demons, over principalities, over powers. Why should I be going on a road and demons will be having a party that day? I will sack them and tell them to get off that road and walk on the same road. That is New Testament Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> Did you read in any part of your Bible that they told Jesus that demons are having a field day on a particular road to Damascus? Don't pass Damascus. Eh? Take the road to Judea. And Jesus said, yes, our prophet. There's nothing like that in the scriptures. Even when Agabus told Paul that if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to bind you. Paul said, I'm ready to be bound and anything. I'm going to Jerusalem. Yeah. 
Are you still with me today? Because he did not have any fear in his heart. He went to Jerusalem. They bound him quite all right, but they bound him into his destiny. Yeah. It was for him to face the authorities to be able to share the word of God, you know, and all that. What are you afraid about? It's time to enter into your... If you have received any of that nonsense, delete it. I'm your pastor. I'm telling you the truth. Delete it. Don't allow the devil to hold you bound. When the spirit of fear enters your heart, it incapacitates you. You won't be able to go to work in the morning because they said, one prophet said, uh, you know, on this particular road, there will be accident there. And then you start to lie to your boss. It's fear that is holding you at home. But they say, you're not coming to work, say, I have a headache. It's migraine. Yeah. And that's how you'll be calling disease upon yourself. If anybody has seen anything, what should we do? We stand in agreement of faith and destroy the works of the devil over the road, over anywhere. And we move into that place. Glory be to Jesus. See, what I'm telling you is no mouth. Yeah, go and check my record. I've been doing this for about 25 years. I was an undergrad when <laughs> occultic groups on campus, on the university campus, came and sacked the student union building. Shot two people. And all kinds of things were happening. The whole university was in pandemonium. I called all of our leaders together and the members of my fellowship that are available. I said... We took over that student union building for the next three to four hours. We circled it around and we were praying with the spirit. Anybody that is born well, come and meet us here. We have decided to take over this place. Yeah. Till I left that university, that student union building, I have some colleagues in university here. Yeah. Pastor Shion, Larry is here. We will have fellowship. We will be coming from school and just enter into the big lounge there and take the place over, share the word of God, pray and all that. They just used to look at us like this. Other students are still afraid that they may come back. We took over the building. The moment we made the pronouncement over that place, they couldn't come back to that place. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I met a guy in London two years ago. I was preaching in a church in Canary Wharf in London. This young man walked into the service. I've not seen him since university days. His name is Peter. And he told the pastor of the church, I have a testimony. He said, I remember the day. He was part of the court boys that did that thing. He said, I, I saw, he, he recounted what I just told you now. And he said, he came to our fellowship a week or two later to come and see that young man that had the F1 tree to mobilize people to that place. And that day, he gave his life to Christ in, in the fellowship. As I speak to you today, he's a professional and a minister in his church in the United Kingdom. Yeah? Because he said that day, he just stood in fellowship and was looking at him. When I made altar call, that was how he came to the phone. Because he just came to look, he couldn't find, because he was like, this, this, this is the person I stayed. <laughs> but he was too shocked. He said it two years ago in the UK. He said it. He said, I've never seen any young person spoke with such audacity and boldness, even in our court group. So that was what got my attention. <laughs> As we pray, we pray from the standpoint of rest. We worship from the standpoint of rest. I hope you understand what I'm saying. When you fast, you fast from the standpoint of rest. You are fasting to enter into your rest. Not because your fasting is what will make God call a meeting in heaven. Your fasting positions you to get direction, to move. 
you move by faith, you, you encounter miracles. Are you still with me today? Yeah. Many people in our nation today have turned prayer upside down. When your only motivation for prayer is your enemy, you're not a Christian. A good Christian prays because you love God and you want to know him more and you want to fellowship with him, not because you have enemies. If you are a real Christian, God has taken care of your enemy. Yeah, because you have the understanding. My enemy should not be my motivation for loving God. My need should not be my motivation for loving God. All that I've ever needed is hands are provided. I walk into it as I love him. And I take control of it. My need is not my motivation for serving God. Neither are my enemies, if I have any. Anyway, I'm not aware. <laughs> I'm not aware that I have any. But if I have any, they can never be my motivation. When Jesus taught us to pray, there was no, there was nothing like enemy in the, said our father, it's about relation, our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he said, let's smooth out this relationship. Forgive us if there's anything. Forgive us our trespass, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Then lead us not into temptation. And then deliver us from evil. Evil is about one word. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's no conversation with the devil. Just resist. That's all the scripture says. All night meeting with the devil. We resist the devil and he flees from us. Take authority over the devil. Whether in the workplace, at home, on the road, anywhere. Rest is what takes fear away from you. And frees you to love God and serve God and praise God and worship God. As we go into July, we're stepping in into our rest. Yeah. Unplug from sorrow, from struggle, you know, all those things. Half of my slide time will not permit me to get there. Signs of lack of rest. Manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. When you start to just see, cutting corners, helping God. These are signs of restlessness. When you have entered into your rest and you cease from your struggles, you don't try to cut corners. People use Abraham as an example. Abraham, the Abraham that lied about Sarah was the Abraham that entered his rest. When Abraham entered his rest, <laughs> when Abraham entered his rest, you know when Abraham said, I will not allow anybody to say, I made Abraham rich. He said, no, I won't take a shoelace from this. Everything. I'll really, that's the Abraham that entered into his rest. When Abraham was a struggler, that was when he was saying, ah, if I talk too much about this babe, they can kill me, you know, and all that. By the time Abraham was leaving that place, he became a little richer. He became a little richer. After a point, Abraham lost the fear of the unknown and the fear of the future. After all that, you know, God still made him to enter his rest properly because Isaac did not come immediately. They still needed some more years. This is your flesh. is still strong. I will deal with it. God kept him a bit more. Enter into your rest. Enter into your rest. It comes in phases. My prayer for you is that as you praise God this morning, grace will come upon your life that will further push you to the next level of your rest. Somebody here, you may have entered your rest concerning your family but you are still agitated about the business somebody may have entered into your rest concerning your marital destiny but your career is still you are still or somebody you know i'm doing well career wise i just got a promotion it's just that uh, you know i'm just wondering when the man will come 
with all the promotion. Enter your rest. The God that gave you good career will give you good husband. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. Is the author and the finisher of our faith. One translation calls it the completer of our faith. It will perfect all that concerns you and bring you to the fullness of his way for your life. The next six months for you is for celebration. It's for rejoicing. I said it's for celebration. It's for rejoicing because the Lord has done you well in the precious name of Jesus. I want you to stand on your feet this morning. Stand on your feet this morning. This morning is unusual praise. See, the person that is leading us, the way it came to my mind is to say that he is not well in his spirit. <laughs> I, don't know how to, I don't know how to put it. Where he said, uh, if you look at him in the physical, you may think his own is too much, too much energy. But spiritually speaking, it's the Holy Spirit that is moving him. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. He's going to move you from your seat. I'm just preparing you. He can ask you to jump. Just make sure that your back is still in shape. You understand? I want you to give the Lord the best praise ever this morning. This second half of 2018 is going to be your best six months since you were born. Psalm 67 and verse 5. It says, let the people praise you, O God. Let the people praise you. Praise primes the heavens on our behalf. Look at what, what, what it says there. Let the people praise you. Verse 6 says, Then the heart will yield our increase. Because everyone has released something, then the heart yields our increase. He said, The Lord our God will bless us. The Lord our God will bless us. Verse 7 says, The Lord our God will bless us. He shall, God shall bless us. And all the help shall fear him. Something that God will do in your life the next six months will bring fear. On the people around you to know that God is still at work. I said to know that God is still at work in the precious name of Jesus. Is somebody ready to praise God this morning? Now, if you don't speak many of the dialects in Nigeria, the translation will be up there. We are praising God in diverse tongues. So don't do this psychedelic one of ah, they are speaking Hebrew. I don't speak Hebrew, so I will wait. Praise God anyhow. Are you still with me this morning? Praise him anyhow. Praise him anyhow. Are you ready this morning? I said, are you ready? Help me tap your neighbor say, where are your dancing shoes? It's time to praise the good God. It's time to praise the merciful God.